Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. New Year, same search for facts. Will they be good? Will they be bad? That's up to you. Uh, my name's Dan. If you've just joined us, this is the first Baffled you've been part of. Every week we go, we search for facts, and you have to decide whether they are worth remembering or worth chucking in the bin. I've got stuff about mushrooms talking to each other, why horses have the same birthday, and what you actually see when you're looking into the darkness. Mark is also here. What do you have? Hello. So this week I've got a worldwide backup plan, how a film saved a factory, and a charity donation you never knew you made. Connor makes up the trio. What do you got? Uh, We've got some good facts today about bees uh, taking photos and jellyfish. We're covering a lot of bases. Jellyfish, bees, birthdays, films. Stick around. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. 
They have plenty of seeds, all there, stored, ready to restart Earth if we need to. Here's the thing. I don't know if I could be asked. Yeah, I don't think I, mean, I would like... Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't like to be one of the only humans left alive. I couldn't 28 days later it. I couldn't... I am legend. Is it I am legend? I couldn't do that. I couldn't be the last person alive. I need people to talk to. I can't be asked to plant that much. I ain't, I ain't doing well, that. I ain't planting carrots and seeds. I can't, I can't be dealing with it. It's a lot of responsibility, isn't it? To kind of be like, hey, by the way, you're now the Earth's primary gardener to yeah. repopulate the whole of Earth's food source. I mean, it's a lot of responsibility for someone who probably has never even had a potted plant. Biggest question here is as well, I mean, young Dan, what do you do when you're on your own and there's no room to be the centre of attention of? What do you do? Well, I, I, I do... I just make new podcasts. That's all I do. I just make loads of... Well, this I was going to say who listens to them, but then again, who listens to this one? So, you know, clearly you don't need an audience. Dan, would, Dan would literally be that guy, wouldn't he? There'd be loads of podcasts coming out, five-star reviews. They'd be number one in the podcast <laughs> charts, by the way. They would be number one and number two, and he'd be number three and number four. And he'd be really happy with himself about it. Yeah. Hello, I'd like to welcome you all today to a brand new podcast. My name's Dan Simpson. I'd like to talk to you about that that kind of stuff. I could do all of that. I literally do oh, all of on, that. Hold on. Hold on. We're getting to the good bit. You're the last man on earth. You'd like to talk to us about what? I don't know. <laughs> this is what I thought. My day of being uh, on my yeah. own with my dog. Yeah. Yeah. Right. My Hello, excuse thoughts. me. Yeah. My name's Dan Simpson. I'd like to uh, start this podcast off with a question. Seeds. Do, you, do we like them? Do we need seeds? Who's we? My big problem. Who's we? You're the only one. You're answering well, your who's own listening question. To Dan and Dan's ego, they count as two individual people. Dan would be the Here's guy the as issue. well. He'd be the guy that would sit at home and actually answer the questions. It'd be like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I'd yeah. actually quite like the seeds, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the issue, look, I just, I don't think I could live. Not that I feast on it, but I don't think my life would be the same now if the delivery app didn't exist. I think it's got me to a point, not that as in, it's not five days a week and it's, it's not all you know, crap, it's not all stuff that's bad for me, but I, I genuinely do not know what I would do if I didn't have that option when I was just lazy and couldn't be bothered to do anything. I know I'm my... And I can be like, bing bong, bing bong, bam, Johnny boys cycling down my road. I know my... I mean, this is the issue. If, you, if, you, if you're so lazy that you need Deliveroo, you ain't repopulating Earth's plants, are you? My first day... Unless you can literally grow a hamburger, you ain't doing it. No, but my first day on the planet alone, I would absolutely be naked in all the places that you definitely shouldn't be naked in. Yeah. And I'd have to go do that. I think so. So like, I'd walk down like the centre of London. Just, Priorities. Yeah, everything hanging out, you know, feeling really at one with myself, knowing that absolutely I shouldn't be doing this, but it's fine. It's all fine. When else does the opportunity present itself? Absolutely. Nobody's there. Nobody can judge, which is great, obviously, for me. No one can judge. Oh, all right, Connor. Pick what's the, where's the first place you're getting in the nerdy? Where's the first place you're streaking? Think about your answer wisely. I know mine. Do you know what I would do? I would have to just get on the central line at one end, legs wide apart, Butt naked. Imagine all the people that would be on there, very concerned, and just ride the whole central line and listen to your Quick well, question. my own podcast. Who's driving the train? Who's driving the central line? Train? My dog. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, there you go. If, if, if you know the world's in a in a sorry state at the moment, some might argue you might be anxious about what twenty twenty three brings. 
fear not, my dear, dear friends. If the world does come to a cataclysm, if there is the apocalypse that many people say there might be, Connor Knight is going to sit on a non-moving train on the central line with a big old hot breeze blowing around his wang. So you know what? Swings and roundabouts, every cloud and all that. Thank you very much, Mark, about the big seed vault. Here's the problem. I had loads of questions about that seed vault, but we got I had loads of information, but clearly we were talking about Connor in the nut. Hold on a minute. Before we move on, I don't know if you missed it. Dan was swiftly going to tell me the first place that he was going to go to start bollocks. So where about you off to, pal? Oh, Buckingham Palace, obviously. Right. Why would it not be Buckingham Palace? Yeah, it had to. Yeah, well, you just course. stand outside yeah. just waiting for somebody to come out? No, sit on the throne. Great. <laughs> right. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, great. I'd love to see that. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. So every two minutes, we take as many photos as that all of humanity took during the 1800s. Um, I mean... How do they, how do they know this, though? How do, they, how do they possibly know that we're taking this many photos? See, th- Connor, you've spent a lot of a lot of time on this show moaning about scientists who are predicting things how do they know how many photos we take a minute so i think they base it a lot on like upload and also how much you know circulates online but also as well like they can track a lot of that i guess by usage of phone i know it's crazy the world that we live in right now but they probably know how long you spend on your camera when you're on your iphone because that's what's going down um so there's a rough guesstimate that around 1.8 trillion photos are taken worldwide every single year about five Billion per day, apparently, globally. Who is, um, who is doing this? Of which 4.9 billion is the one girl retaking the same selfie till she's happy with it. Li- yeah. Literally, right? The same selfie, which, uh, yeah, which comes down to every two minutes we are taking more than they did throughout the whole of the 1800s. I tell, you, I tell you what most of those photos are. And Connor, well done for your fantastic stint at Radio 1. I'll tell you what the photos are. It's Connor asking the producers if they can take another photo of him next to the logo the next day. Absolutely. Yeah. Loads of them, please. And make sure that it looks great. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm always wondering. I mean, there are only 8 billion people in the world, by the way. Who's taking that many pictures? I take, as a guest, four a week. Four a week on my phone. Maybe more. And sometimes there might be double clicks. But on average, bam, four a week. Well, the reason... Who is? So I'm... I, I'm the low. I'm on the low end. Who is on the high end that's bringing our average level? Okay, so a little understanding as to why this is like such a mental stat. And I was like, kind of makes sense. Obviously, for us in the current day, why we the reason we take so many photos is because, like you just said about the Radio 1 thing, you can take the same photo loads of times, right? So like, and really quickly. So here, you know, you could hear, yeah. I could get Mark in front of something and I could take that photo of him if he wanted it, but take... A thousand in like one minute, whereas in the 1800s, it would take anywhere between 15 to 25 minutes just to take one photo. So therefore, less photos were taken. So it's mad. Also, how many? Sorry, Mark. everyone has a camera. Surely in the 1800s, not everyone had a camera. It was an expensive asset. It was expensive and obviously more yeah. for the wealthy people. And yeah, so all of that is reduced. But, you know, I think the biggest thing to take from here as well, how many photos are taken? Five point that amount of billion a day. <laughs> Five point that amount of billion. It's the official uh, mathematic number there. Yeah, absolutely. Co- on average, I tell you what, Connor, get out your camera roll. Yep. How many photos have you taken today? I, and bear in mind, I don't, I, I'm counting the one from Be Real as well. So today, one, Be Real. Um, 
yeah, I've taken none today. But overall on my phone, so this would have been iCloud over, what am I now, 27, so what, 10 years. I've got 36,000 photos. That's too many. That doesn't include the ones you've deleted. Yeah, and a few of those, maybe a couple of thousand, are nudes in the mirror. Connor, remind us, before we move on from the facts, what was the fact? Give us the details again. Okay, so the fact itself is that every two minutes we take as many photos as the whole of humanity took during the whole of the 1800s. Fact number three, it's number one for me. My New Year's resolution, by the way, is to do that. It's to, uh, uh, so I will become an MP as well. And to, um, it's, it's to put the headline of the fact at the bottom so people remember so they don't need to double back to think about everything. Anything. Anyway. My number one fact. Mushrooms talk to each other. I mean, do they? I bet they're having fun guy. Yeah, okay. Oh, come on, you've butchered that. You've absolutely butchered that. Yeah. Do you know what's annoying, Connor? I had a little bet with myself and I thought that it would be the first thing out of Mark's mouth. I did very nearly make a mushroom joke, but I decided not to. I thought, no, you know what? You're better than that, Mark. Yeah. Well, if you want to give them more words, there's not mushroom in their vocabulary. Scientists have found that uh, fungi have a vocabulary of about 50 words. They, they can talk to each other with words or even sentences. Right. Why? Why? And Why? how do they talk to each other? Well, through electrical impulses, through talk to each other, with electrical beats, scientists put uh, little clips inside mushrooms to analyse what they were doing, and they found uh, the study found that there were spikes in electrical signals, all kind of happening at the same time, like they were having a conversation. And they have figured up, figured out that these can resemble a language. So it's highly likely that mushrooms talk to each other with a vocabulary of fifty words that can be grouped with words or even. Full sentences, 50. That's almost you, Connor. That is almost me, yeah. But I'm also trying to wrap my head around. Well, it's the thing, isn't it? Whenever things like this happen in my life, fact-wise, I always imagine them doing it. So now I imagine little mushroom people with little hands and feet and mouth talking to each other. But that's for Well, I know day. what you're thinking, Connor. I know what you're thinking. And you know what? It's a new year. I won't make you ask the question, which type of mushroom talks the most? Brilliant. Shiitake. Uh, the study found that the... the, the I, well, I tell you what the shiitake talks anyway. Uh, the study found that the I think we, I could have worked we could have worked that joke better anyway. The study found that the split gill fungi could generate the most complex sentences with the largest vocabulary, but other species like the enoki fungi and the caterpillar fungi had much smaller l- lexicons. What? Sorry, what was that last? <laughs> what was that last word? Lexicons. Lexicon. It's like a range. It's like your vocabulary, a range of words. Right. Okay. The town I grew up in. You know when towns make new shopping centres, they sometimes call it something, you know, quite cool. Blue Water, the Bull Ring, uh, the Oracle. The one in my town called it the Lexicon. Mm, what, what is that? What is that about? Look, I'm Bracknell through and through, but you can't call a thing the Lexicon. Connor, do you have any questions about why mushrooms talk to each other? No, but what do they talk about? Well, they don't necessarily know. They just figured out these spikes in energy and it is likely that they are communicating in some way. Having said that, Dan Riskin, who is from CTV News and Science, he's a tech specialist, he said um, 
It makes sense. They have the architecture to do it. It would benefit them from a natural selection purpose, but it's probably unlikely that they use these words to properly have long chats like humans do. It's just like little snapshots. Small talk, you might say. Right, okay. So there's not like a mushroom podcast going on. I don't know. There might be a mushroom podcast about mental health, true crime, about what people are eating for dinner. Probably all those sort of podcasts. Probably got more downloads than us, but... Mark, give us your second fact of the show. In 1995, one casual line in Wallace and Gromit saved a whole factory from going bankrupt. A Wallace and Gromit factory or an actual factory? A cheese factory, as you may not be too surprised to hear. (laughs) So, in Wallace and Gromit, grand day out. Uh, Anyone remember what cheese Wallace says the moon tastes like? Is it Wensleydale? It is Wensleydale. And that was chosen purely because it made his mouth the most fun shape to animate. It made it very teethy. So they went, okay, we'll mention it as Wensleydale. Then in uh, Wallace and Gromit, a close shave, he declared his love for Wensleydale again because it was fun to animate. And that helped boost the sales so much that the Wensleydale cheese factory that was about to go bankrupt saw the sales skyrocket instead and it saved the factory. You know what? This is a good fact. It's cute. This is very, very good. Very, very cute fact. It's reminded me of the Wallace and Gromit original canon, the trio before Curse of the Whale Rabbit came out, which I don't have a problem with. I am more of a, I like a close shave. I like a grand day out. I'm not really a wrong trousers fan. Always used to scare me, the little penguin in the robot feet. Uh, It's amazing that these tiny, you know when you're young and you're watching a show, you don't really have a perspective over everyone else, do you? So I remember when I would be young and would watch shows like Wallace and Gromit, or maybe sitcoms like Forty Towers or Only Fools and Horses, and I would be absolutely blown away that people in my class knew what knew what they were. And even now, it hits hard, like uh, realizing that other like Wallace and Gromit was this huge cultural phenomenon, still like whacks me out a little bit. I know, and it's like they always put it on over Christmas; it's always on. And there's probably like people, maybe even just five years younger than us, who have no idea, absolutely no idea what it is. But to our generation and the older generation, it's just a classic. It's a classic that you cannot escape. It's a classic. And a classic. I've never met anyone who doesn't like Wallace and Gromit that's seen it. It's great. Not a particularly good name, though. It always reminds me of them things you get in your ear. Yeah, what's Those amazing about Wallace? you get in your ear. <laughs> Gromits. He's talking about Gromits. Do you, do you remember Gromits in the ear? No. Oh, I'll tell you what. Gromits, when I, almost every other kid had a grommet. It was like a, it was like for people who had really watery ears. It would kind of help them hear, but also keep the water away from their eardrums. That's my second fact of the show, by the way, all about grommets. Uh, What's really amazing about Wallace and Gromit, if you think that it was like these filmmakers in their workshop in Bristol, messing about with plasticine, they've only made, I think, what, four films? Like the first three were short films, and then they make Curse of the Were-Rabbit. So it's these, yeah. these small things. Yeah, it is a massive cultural phenomenon that we're still talking about, what, 17, 18 years after the last movie came out. It's staggering. It is slightly crazy. And, that, and like hearing this fact as well, I realised that as a, as a kid when I grew up, I ate a lot of, like my go-to cheese is Wendy there. Mm. 
Was this why? Quite possibly. So bog. Quite possibly. Not a baby bell. So, but such such a farm. You're not a yeah. Dairy not a laughing cow, not a cheat, not a pepper army cheese string. No, it's Wensleydale. Oh, right. I'm counting of proper cheeses, not of like baby bell and cheese strings. That's all plastic. Come on. Mother! Mother, what's the cheese dinner tonight? Like, I don't know. Let's go see what the cows made. Please, young Marcus. Cheese I've comes got... directly out of cows. Please, young Marcus. Is this Stoughton blue enough for you? Wensley Dow's the go to. Wow. <laughs> I've even unwrapped the baby bell for you, Marcus. <laughs> Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Bless the bees, eh? Did you know that one teaspoon of honey is the life work of 12 bees? Tell me about bees and honey. Bees and honey, yeah. So one teaspoon of honey is the life work of 12 bees. So every single time you make that coffee and you maybe put a little bit of honey in it, that is 12, 12 bees whole lives. Takes them a long time to make the honey. Just bear that in mind, by the way, when you're smothering it all over your porridge. How... It makes me reevaluate how much work you actually do, Connor. Oh, exactly. That's... Like, if, like if you were a bee, you'd be really productive. Unfortunately <laughs> for you, you're a human, so you do f*** oh, yes. And my name's Connor. Imagine how many facts a bee could get at its little journey. How long do bees live? Well, apparently, right, I was finding that bees, bees die when they sting. Yeah, but they don't always sting. No, but when they do, they're gone. See ya. Yeah. yeah. yeah the sting stays and they, like, fly away and they pull their insides out of their anus. Yeah, whereas... Whereas, yeah, yeah, that is exactly what they do. Whereas wasps can continue stinging, apparently. It's because wasps are evil. Yeah, but if you, so yeah, there you go. A bee can obviously die whenever by by, by stinging. Um, but most bees, averagely, the queen honeybees, live for about one to two years. So two years, well, the queen's not doing any honey making, is she really? No. Not so we're, we're talking drone slash worker bees. And by nature, they're working the hardest, aren't they? Well, what do you think the average lifespan is? of a bee during summer. I don't know. We're always crying about bees, aren't they? They're so important for us and for the ecosystem and the food that we eat. 15. I would hope a long time. 15 to 38 days. Oh, days. I thought you meant years. It's not a lot. Why is that? Because everyone's slapped on the sun cream. They've got their solero. They're outside getting stung. That's why. So. Maybe bee, you should stop stinging us. So bees last for those, yeah, 15 days. 20 on average, let's say. Each of those, they're collecting their honey all day, every day. And then people eat them. That's quite staggering. I, I'm just thinking, how often do people really eat honey? I have it every single day in a coffee. Manuka. Someone's doing all right. Manuka honey. Manu- Ooh, someone's definitely doing all right. It I is, already know what kind of book. It is what kind of books you're going to read this a month, year. But fine. Right, hang on. One second. Manu- right. So I know what books you're going to read this month. Yes, year. You'll read books by Joe Rogan, books about bettering yourself, books about getting up at 5am to drink your mushroom coffee with your manugani. That's like, put that aside. Why, how, what, how much are you spending a month on honey and why are you spending that much? 52 quid, manuka honey. Why manuka honey? If it's in a coffee, surely it's not going to taste all that different. You have manuka honey for like the goodness of it and it really is super good for you. The, the, the science on it is great. And if everyone want to listen to science, go, it's the spend 52 quid. Let name me any scientific benefit of having manuka honey. So good for the immune system, they say. Apparently, apparently it's got a little goodness in it uh, as well. It's good for your blood and heart. How's that working out for you? How long were you ill in December? Yeah, but that was the only time I was ill last year. Right, here's I, my I, point, I, Connor. You could be doing lot. There's no point in you, you know, topping your ice, your, put the cherry on top of your unhealthy ice cream being this manuka honey. What else are you doing to make sure you're healthy? 
Like, are you not having ultra-processed foods? Are you drinking loads of water? Are you getting men much, much more than your five a day? Are you having supplementary vitamins? Or are you just living your life as normal? Domino's pizzas, curry, plenty of Estrellas and Peronis, but you're just have, spending 50 quid on this Manuka honey. Well, I avoid tofu, so that's good for me insides altogether. Don't <laughs> eat that stuff. I, uh, I don't eat many takeaways. I exercise. Uh, I always have a bath every night. Yeah, I'm living. <laughs> Hang on, you're saying that one of your health benefits is that you wash daily. No, I have a... Oh, well done you. I have a bath, a red hot bath. Really, really good for you. So instead you sit there and soak in your own grime. Well, yeah. They well, say... well, as Dan would have done, soaked in his mum's old grime. But there we go. <laughs> so apparently, Manuka is... honey may help treat numerous ailments, including irritable bowel syndrome. I'm fi- look, I'm fine with that. I am f- look, Connor, I have no problem with you spending 50 quid on Manuka honey. My point is... It seems a bit pointless if other lifestyle choices you're making aren't healthy. Well, I'm and a- I don't buy the red hot bath thing because everyone else says take cold showers. I'm a I'm a healthy young lad. You can see that. Look at me, great colour, good good head of hair. All I'm saying is that next time we go to the pub, I'm not buying all the beer again. If you're spending <laughs> just- fifty quid a month on honey, you've got enough to buy a bloody round and enough to run a bath every single night. Apparently, I just love my favourite beer is. I'm really healthy because I have a bath every night. Um, right, thank you. What, what was that fact again, Connor? Remind us one last time. What was the headline? One teaspoon, exactly one teaspoon of honey is the life work of 12 bees. Fact number two for me. All racehorses have the same birthday. What do you mean they all have the same birthday? I can't make As it clearer. Like, is, this like a, is this like a royal situation where it's like, oh, they have an official birthday and an actual birthday? Like, how do they all have the same birthday? I can't make it clearer. All horses in the Northern Hemisphere, racehorses in the Northern Hemisphere, have the same birthday. It's January the 1st. Why? Racehorse and thoroughbred associations made this because it makes it's easier to keep track of their bloodline. You know, like pedigree dogs, this thing's very important to yeah. see what, what, uh, what do they call a horse that gives the sperm? Stud. What, it's easier to track what stud it's been to. It was created by the organisations for regulating the thoroughbred breed because it's quite like high class property is having, I guess, a creature, especially a horse, where you know every single fa- mother and father that's been there before it. I don't really understand how having the same birthday or being January the 1st helps out with this. Surely it might muddy the waters, but suddenly there's thousands of horses that have still got the, uh, the, the same birthday. It's also easier. Do, for- do you remember what study came from? Nah, but I remember his birthday, 1st of January. Does that help? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is <laughs> what I'm help. saying. It, it also makes it easier for racing purposes because there are different age categories. So it, it's easier to be able to tell if a if a if a, a colt is under five Bloody or a filly is under five, like they know exactly. This is a proper bland one, isn't it? This one, yeah. I mean, it needs a bit of salt and pepper, <laughs> doesn't it? Christ alive! We're talking about the births of uh, racehorses. Well, I, th- I think that's an interesting fact. All racehorses have the same birthday. I genuinely. I mean, you could have told me this at the back end of last year, so I had time to get them all cards. The, now I've got to wait yeah, until next in year. In the description on, of this fact, Dan, I just I think I actually just lost real life for a moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, I might have got, as what sometimes happens, I might have got bogged down into the minutiae of this and I had a bit of wind, I had a bit of indigestion flare up, so I was burping a little bit. Um, hopefully those have been edited out. So, you know, I've, I've, it's just been keeping my brain on focus has been tough. 
But the too long didn't read of this. If you have a racehorse in the Northern Hemisphere, it's birthday. Whatever it is, it's January the 1st. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, Mark, what do you reckon their birthday is? Uh, June the 1st. Almost, not quite. Connor. July. December the 31st. August the 1st. Oh. I enjoyed that. I said June the 1st and Dan went close and you went, oh, it must be December 31st then. Yep. Welcome to the Train Happy Podcast with me, Tally Rye. This is the podcast that helps you have a feel-good relationship with fitness, food, and body image. Each week, we'll be digging into an intuitive and inclusive approach to our health and well-being as we're joined by leading experts, friends of mine, and you to hear more about the journey of letting go of diet culture and feeling good in the skin you're in. It's a podcast for everyone, no matter what body you're in. You can find us wherever you found this podcast. Just search Train Happy wherever you get your podcasts and hit follow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. Info at bafflepod.com. By the way, newsflash, we still have merch that you can buy. So if you want to go into 2023 looking like you mean business, you're having your mushroom coffee, a little bit of manuka honey spreaded on the top. If you're going to go and smash the year, attack the day, if this is going to be your year, why not do it in quite a bright orange baffled top? If you want to drink more water, use the baffled water uh, bottle, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so we've got everything there. It's bafflepod.com is where you need to go. Loads of merch. You can get in touch with the show. You can also DM us all on Instagram. It's fine. I will say we cannot be held liable with what Connor replies and slides into your DMs with, okay? That's the one byline we put under everything. Easiest way to make sure the communication is clean, info at bafflepod.com. Mark, last fact of the show. Every time you stream Abba's Chiquitita, almost said that correctly there. Chiquita. Every time you... Thank you very much. Chiquitita. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I just got it wrong. Uh, anyway, you're not actually making ABBA any money. Instead, you are then donating to UNICEF. Mm. Mm. That annoys me a little bit. So the track uh, from 1979 was written for <laughs> UNICEF's Year of the Child. So mm. ABBA gave the copyright to UNICEF. So 
that anytime you stream it, anytime you buy it, anytime that they earn money from it, it doesn't go to ABBA. The royalties go straight to UNICEF. So you're making a donation. Well, I might do that. It's actually, I take it back what I said. It's a really easy way to make a donation. It's an absolute banger of an ABBA tune. I wonder how much they've made from it. Do you know? Uh, no, I do not. That would be a Chikatita, no, you and I know. Not something which uh, was in the research that I found. Did you think that when he mentioned... Uh, and, and no would have sufficed. Did you think when he mentioned the song name, we were going to go here? Because I didn't. No, I didn't. I thought do you we remember were going to get someone fa- I knew she is. Do you remember we had a fact at one point that was about someone who put the royalties to a song, linked it to like like a daughter of one of his mates, mate was dead and he gave it to her daughter. Yeah. Do you remember this? Bob Marley, wasn't it? I think Bob, Bob Marley, Marley did that. Uh, I think George Michael's done that as well. So they've done it to mates. But yeah, ABBA did it to uh, to UNICEF. Uh, and Chikatita uh, means little girl in Spanish, Connor. That's what it means. Mm. Hence why it was written for UNICEF's Year of the Child. Lovely. It's a great song. Just just to answer it, the other question. It's a great song. It's a lovely it, fact. Great song. Uh, good fact. $4.8 million is how much ABBA has essentially donated to UNICEF by giving their royalties away to the song. Fantastic. Snow does your mother know it's a good song. Connor, last fact of the show. Take it away. So when you see a jellyfish laying on the beach, you uh, you can't actually save it because once it's on shore and they hit the surface zone, they are doomed as air bubbles will work their way through the jelly and effectively kill them instantly instant so don't throw them back in there well actually do throw them back in there because then another fish might eat them we kind of help keep the fish alive right but yeah you're not saving them life well this is a cheery way to end an episode isn't it yep so when you see that jellyfish and apparently apparently they are still moving when they die weirdly so if you see them moving and you throw them back in they are already dead their airwaves are blocked so yeah there we go up the jellyfish are you meant to pee on a jellyfish thing at the end? Have we ever figured that out? Yes, that is also true. I knew that question was coming, and this is me for my new year, you know, prepping in advance, doing the research. Yes, it does reduce. Oh, I just thought this was you for the new year. He's going to go pee on people just in case they have jellyfish. Absolutely, well, I'm running around the old country naked, aren't I, if I'm the last man on earth, so it'll be all fine. Uh, yes. It's fine, if you're the last man on earth, there's no jellyfish stings to pee on. I'll find one. You wee on the stings. So, you do wee on the stings... But jellyfish, but don't bother if it's on the ground, on the beach, because it's dead. Exactly. It is already dead. You can't save it. The airwaves are blocked. The jelly is all gone to schmoot. It's done. Finished. They are. I want to hazard a guess. Jellyfish are the least saved creature. I think if I, and I love animals. I think if I saw a jellyfish beached, I probably wouldn't eat. Before I knew this fact, I probably wouldn't try to save it. You'd be terrified of getting stung. Of course you would. Although you can't get stung by the top of a jellyfish. It is only the, the bits that hang, isn't it? So you'd be fine if you picked it up there. And you learnt that from Finding Nemo. Yes, but I would rather, yeah, I probably would avoid it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to risk it, which is a sad, maybe. Right, last fact of the show goes to me. I want to tell you all about Eigengrau. About what now? Eigengrau. It's oh, not a new wheat about. beer. It's not a new wheat beer at your local. Oh. It is the... It's what you see when you look at something that's dark. When you look into a dark room, 
when you look into a night sky. You're not seeing black, you're seeing Eigengrau. Why do you I'm sound like nothing. Arnold Schwarzenegger when you say that? Thank you very much. I was going for German, um, but it, it's a German word, isn't it? Eigengrau. It's the uniform dark grey background colour that people see in the absence of light. Uh, because basically what's happening is you're not seeing nothing because you have to see something, so your brain is kind of figuring out the contrast in light between what you've got now and what you did have, and it blends that all into a grey colour. Dark light, it's also called. Brain grey, it's also called. It's a uniform dark grey background colour. It's People report it uh, in the absence of light. It's called... Eigengrau. It's dark, it's lighter than a black object there because is of a, the contrast in what you've just seen. There's a colour, isn't there, for when you shut your eyes as well? Yeah, it would be that. It'd be uh, yeah, it's probably that. It'd be Eigengrau. Great. I'm looking at it right now. It's a nice colour. Wouldn't paint your room here. I've been looking at it the whole time. Yeah. Looking at it the whole time, especially when you were doing your BFAT. Thank you very much. I hope that you didn't experience Eigengrau through that show. Thank you for getting on board with 2023 in a brand new episode of Baffled. What have we learnt this week? Mushrooms talk to each other. If you listen to ABBA, you're given to charity. And Connor is going on a tube train in the Nadi. When the world ends, of all the places he could go, he's going to sat on, he's going to sit on an actual empty central line, which is a rare thing. Say goodbye, Connor. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. He's off to Smashdown on Wednesday day. We'll see you next week. Until then, bye. Bye.